0: Today, I want to begin to teach a two-part series this Sunday and two weeks' time. um, I want to conclude it. I want to just share some very simple things. Now, I've been preparing uh, a series uh, on the favor of God, but I felt the Spirit uh, postpone it. When I come back from South Africa, maybe we'll, we'll pick it up, but we'll begin to teach it. But I just want to share with you a few truths about being a man or a woman of destiny. I want to talk to you about being a child of destiny. Uh, yesterday, I was speaking to the young people, and um, um, when I finished sharing it, and as I was just formally preparing my, finally preparing my notes this morning to teach, I felt the spirit say, "No, leave this one and teach on this this Sunday and uh, in two weeks' time." so. I believe somebody here needs to hear this, that they are a child of destiny. So, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 30. Say to your neighbor, be a child of destiny. Romans chapter 8 from verse 28. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also glorified. Sorry, he also justified. And whom, whom he justified, these he also glorified. So I want to talk to you about you being a child of destiny, a man or a woman of destiny. Now, by destiny, and I've got the notes out there, I don't know if everything, are you going to put everything there? Okay, fine, just the scriptures, yeah? Okay, fine. So by destiny, um, it speaks of your destination. In other words, that place that God has assigned for you to arrive at in life. So a man or a woman of destiny is an individual focused on the destination God has for their life. Like Olu was mentioning, this year for us is a year of pursuing a vision of discipleship. In other words, we want to focus on being disciples of Jesus. And so as a disciple of the Lord, you need to realize that there is a destiny for your life. There is a purpose to your life. Now, if you've been in this church for a while, such teachings are uh, basic to you because we say that a lot. But I want to emphasize this point, that there is a purpose for your life. And everything that happens to your life is not random, that God is in control. The scripture we read, Romans 8, 28, he says, and we know that all things work together for good. We know all things work together for good. So you as a child of God need to realize that whatever situation you find yourself in right now, as long as your heart is committed to God and to his purpose. He says, we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So if you love God, and you are the called according to his purpose, then everything that has happened in your life up until this point is working together for your good. Why? Verse 29. Because whom he foreknew, he also predestined, or he, he determined a destination for them. And that destination was that they are conformed into the image of his son. In other words, the heart of God for you is that in every aspect of your life, eventually, Christ is so formed in you that you are able to reveal what he is like. And then he says, those he predestined, he also called, which is us. And those he called, he also justified, which is us. To be justified means you have been declared as if you've never sinned. So the, 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 the phrase is, just as if I have not sinned. And those he justified, he also glorified. In other other words, he will eventually reveal the fullness of who they really are or who he really is in them. So as a child of destiny, you need to discover God's heart for you. What is God's heart for you? What is God's heart for me? What is the Father's will concerning your life? Beloved, I want you to know that regardless of how challenging and difficult and negative things are, God's heart for you is not to harm you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's heart for you is that you have a future and a hope, the King James Version, that you have an expected end. That is his heart for you. That is his heart for you when you're confused about what you're going through. That is his heart for you when you feel like giving up. That is his heart for you when things have gone wrong, when you have failed, when you have messed up. That is his heart for you. Can you say amen, somebody? So, you... As a born-again believer, must recognize that you are a child of destiny. In other words, that God has an assigned destination, a determined purpose and plan and will for your life. Now, God is looking for someone to show himself strong through. Even though God has determined all this for us, that we are conformed into the image of his Son, as he looks in the church, and as he looks across the body of Christ, and as he looks at the world at large, he is looking for people that he can show himself strong on their behalf. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, the scripture says, the first part, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God is looking throughout humanity for people that he can reveal his strength through. So it might as well be you. Say, so it might as well be me. You know, when I, when I saw this scripture as a younger believer many years ago, I, in me, something in me just said, no, nah, I want it to be me. That God, when he, when he scans through humanity, and he comes into my context and he looks amongst those my peers and along amongst those that I am associating with, he will see in me a heart that is loyal towards him. Because he wants to reveal his strength through such people. What does that look like? When God reveals his strength through you, it is within the context of how he made you. So, for instance, for argument's say, if God has called you into sports and he reveals his strength through you in sports, there will be a supernatural dimension about how you do sports. There'll be, a, there'll be an edge that you will have above your peers. If it's in the scientific world, it's the same. If it's as a teacher, it's the same. If it's, as a, uh, if it's in the context of the ho- home and how you run your house, it's the same. God is looking for men and women to show himself strong, on their behalf and I pray that you will be that person in Jesus name. You know in Psalm 89 verse 10, 20 sorry, the scripture says, I have found my servant David with my holy oil I have anointed him. I find this very inspiring this verse. I have found my servant David and with my holy oil I have anointed. Now you have to understand God was looking for a certain kind of person before he found David. Because before David was born, God spoke through Samuel the prophet to Saul in the third year of Saul's reign, when David was yet to be born, he said this, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart and the Lord has commanded him be commander over his people because you have not kept what the lord commanded you now you have to understand david was not even born at this time this was three years into saul's reign seven years later david was born yet god made this declaration that the kind of man he said the kingdom is taken from you boom now Saul, after that point continued to reign for another 33 years right but god said I've taken the kingdom away from you, and I have given it to a person who is after my own heart. Now, I I personally, this is my personal belief, that God had to wait for another 33 years for that person to be ready to take the kingdom. But that was the only person that would qualify for being king. What I'm trying to say is, is this. God has a criteria for men and women of destiny for you to enter into his purpose for your life. And he's waiting for you to align yourself with that. With all that David went through, because as he grew up, as he grew older, he desired a a thirst and a hunger for God so that as a young man in his teens, and most estimate he was around 17, when it was time to anoint a king, he could be chosen. I pray that God will find you and he will anoint you with his holy oil. You see, when God finds a man or a woman, he anoints them. What does that mean? He empowers them with a certain ability. And commissions them with a certain mandate. Beloved, there is an assignment on your life. And there is an anointing for your life. I understand that uh, Louise taught um, around the lines of supernatural anointing. I haven't heard it. Am I right? Am I right or what? Am I right? Yeah, am I right? I'm asking a question. Am I right? And she taught from a certain material. What's your problem? Why are you laughing like that? Am I right? Called supernatural what? Supernatural? hmm Written by somebody. Big head, big head. <laughs> On a serious note, God is looking for someone. Well, really, he's looking for you so that he can find you and anoint you, not with any kind of anointing, with a holy anointing, a holy anointing, an anointing that will manifest his holy characteristics. For David, it was an anointing of kingship to be king over Israel. You and I are anointed to be kings in our given context. God is looking for you. He's looking for someone. And I pray it will be you. I want to stir your heart and remind you of the simplicity of pursuing the agenda of God for your life. That's what I want to do. I want to stir you and motivate you to push in concerning what God has ordained for you and not allow life and circumstances to detract you from the purpose of God. God's heart is that you will know him as a child of destiny, that you will fulfill his purpose from, for your life from a context where you know him. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So the heart of the Father, or the heart of God for you and I, is that we know him and our Lord Jesus Christ. Not that we know about him, but we know them. We know him and we know our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, there is a dynamic relationship that we have with the Lord. One of the things I keep impressing on my children is that they must know the Lord for themselves. You see, they see the reality of God in their father and their mother's life. They see that we know God. They, they see the reality. Many times, my children, when they're going to school, they'll, they'll say to me, Dad, pray for me. Dad, pray for me. Or if they're faced with a situation, they'll say, Dad, can you pray into it? If they want, if they want something quickly, they will come and say, Dad, pray. And I'll say, no, you pray. they say, no, come on. It takes too long. You do with You do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they've seen the reality. They've seen the re- Sometimes, if, if, they, if they're lying to me, you know, you know children are very smart. When they lie, you say, Are you lying? They say, No, no, I'm not, no, Dad, no, Dad, honest, I'm not lying. So sometimes we have to tap into the supernatural because they're baffling us. So I'll ask the Lord, Okay, are they lying? And then sometimes you say, yes they are lying and sometimes he'll say nothing and sometimes he he will say no they're not lying." Rarely, well to be honest I'm, I'm rarely has it been no they're not lying actually <laughs> i have to be honest but they've got such an amazing poker face they just keep it that honestly and then i'll say nah 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 listen he's just told you're lying and then it's like oh, sorry sorry dad So what I'm I'm trying to say to you is that you and I must so know the Lord that the reality of his voice is evident to all. You know, when we were sharing with the youth yesterday, one of the things that excited them was when they saw a little bit of the revelatory power of God. As we were talking with them and then prophesying to them and revealing things about them that was hidden they were really encouraged. But then we added, do you want some of this? Yes! Because they see the reality of the power, they want it. May you see greater than that in Jesus' name. So God wants you to know him, father and son. And he wants you as a child of destiny to impact your generation for our Lord Jesus Christ. Any man or woman of God that enters into the destiny of God for their life will promote the gospel of Jesus Christ one way or another. I'm not saying they'll become a preacher in the sense of they'll be standing behind a pulpit like this. I'm not saying that. But they will represent the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ one way or another in such a way that the unbelievers know that this person represents the Lord Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 16 he says, And I think we taught this about three weeks ago. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Beloved, he didn't say you may be. He said you are the salt, and you are the light. In other words, as a child of destiny, your life influences those around you. Your life brings balance, brings purpose, it brings taste, it preserves your life. That is the assignment on your life. And your light shows how others should live, your light and your life shows to people how they should live. This is how a single Christian man courts a single Christian woman. You show it with all purity and holiness. Can you say amen, somebody? This is how a pastor conducts, conducts, you see Nigeria, you've affected me, conducts. I mean, seriously, I was just there for one week. My my vocabulary is changing. Conducts. You people are just so powerful. I mean, you. Huh. Conducts, conducts. <laughs> His church affairs. In all humility and simplicity. When you are light. You will reveal to others how they're supposed to be. Your life will speak. I pray you'll be light to your family. You'll be light to your children. You'll be light to your friends. You will be light to fellow church members who are yet to be in the kingdom. You know, you can have people who are in your church and they're not saved. Did you know that? Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody. Yeah. Just because you're a member of Christian Life Fellowship, you know, you, you, we may think you are saved. You know, at times people, somebody has asked, please don't be asking me this. Pastor, am I saved? It's like, how am I supposed to know if you are saved? I'm not the Holy Ghost. But, you know, we have to answer wisely, you know. Oh, why, why, why are you saying that? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm saved. And, you know, you, you want to say, well, mate, if you don't know if you're saved, you better sort out. But as a pastor, you know, you have to say, oh, well, you know, But sometimes you have to tell people, I don't know. I don't know if you're saved, actually. I don't know if you're saved. And if you don't know you're saved, chances are you're not saved, to be (laughs) honest. Just being honest. Are you still here? Yeah, (laughs) anyway, I don't know how we got there, but let's quickly move on. Another thing about being a child of destiny is that God wants to use you mightily. Yeah, say mightily. Say, God wants to use me mightily. And he wants to use you supernaturally. Yeah, he wants to use you mightily and he wants to use you supernaturally. You see, it is time for the supernatural dimension on the people of God to be evident. In Daniel eleven thirty-two, he says this. He says, it's, a, it's, a, it's an end time prophecy and he talks about how the Antichrist corrupts. He says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. In other words, people who are in the church who are living a double standard, the Antichrist spirit corrupts through flattery. But the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Beloved, if you want to grow in strength, grow in your knowledge of God, And I'm not talking about reading. I'm talking about relating to him through spiritual intimacy, through prayer, through fasting, through studying the word, through meditating, letting the Holy Spirit speak back to you. This is how you grow in strength. Yeah. This is how you grow in strength. And as you grow in strength, his strength can be evident through you. God wants to use you Mightily. Say, God wants to use me mightily. Yeah, I, come and say, God wants to use me mightily. And God wants to use you supernaturally. Yeah, He wants to use you in such a way that we will say, Now, this is the hand of God. This is the hand of God. This is not anything else. You know, when Moses came to, before Pharaoh and he threw his staff and he became a serpent. And then the Egyptian magicians also threw their stuff It became a serpent. And then Moses' serpent swallowed theirs up. Then the next sign Moses did was he, he poured, um, um, he stretched his rod, touched the, um, the, the Nile or whatever, and then it became blood. And they did it and it became blood. But after, the, after a few signs later, when they tried, the magicians tried to do it, they said to Pharaoh, uh-uh, this is the hand of God. This is a different level of the supernatural. This is the hand of God. I pray that for some of you, it will be said by your life and testimony, no, this is the hand of God because you are a child of destiny. Yeah. They will say, no, 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 this one, this is not, this is not psychic. This is not uh, 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 voodoo. This is not voodoo. This is, this is not a... Uh, Uh, manipulation. This is not uh, hypnosis. This is the hand of God. We are believing that as a church, when the revival breaks out, and it will break out. When the revival breaks out, and people come, and they see what God is doing among us, they will say, surely God is in your midst. Surely God is in your midst. Surely God is in your midst. Yeah. You know, when the spirit of prophecy so comes on the church, the spirit of prophecy comes on the church, bam. Bam. And uh, different ones are speaking in tongues. Oh, And people come say, oh, man, these guys are crazy. But the spirit of prophecy comes on the church, and then people begin to prophesy. They begin to prophesy. They say, hey, no, 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 God is in amongst these people. Why? Because the spirit of prophecy reveals hidden secrets. I remember many years ago, one of my friends who's a senior prophet, Christopher Arnold, came and ministered. And he'd been coming for a while ministering. And uh, one day, he gave a prophecy to one of our precious leaders, ladies. And I noticed that the reaction of the lady was she broke down and began to scream, actually. Then afterwards, the lady told me, you know what, Pastor Joe, I thought that all this time you used to tell Prophet Ano things. That's how he was able to prophesy until he told me what I said to God in my living room. Then I realized it's true. Because I wasn't in that living room, was I? <laughs> I, mean, I? I mean, first of all, when they said that to me, I mean, thank God for our, our members, they're very honest. But I, I, I said to them, ah, but why would you come to a church that you believe the pastor does that? Because I won't. Can you imagine if you, if, if, if you knew, like, followed knew, before any of the guest ministers come, I said, send him the names. You know, <laughs> give him the birthday, send him names, you know, because we need to have a good service, fella. Say, so, yes, pastor. Uh, I, I don't think fella will last one minute in the office. He will hand his resignation and run as far away as possible. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's how things are. So, sometimes people sit around things that they shouldn't be sitting around. That's what I'm trying to say. But anyway, getting back to my message, Hallelujah. God wants to use you mightily. And don't settle for anything less until you see his supernatural hand through your life. Don't settle for anything. We are not settling. I've told the Lord. All the nine gifts, I've seen eight operate. There's one I have not seen. That's working of miracles. Now, Steve I've seen a few. We get a bit jealous, actually. Sometimes when he shares his testimonies, it's just awesome. On, on, on Friday, we were sharing a few testimonies. We're not going to repeat it because you weren't there, so we will enjoy ourselves. But that's the only one I haven't seen. I haven't seen creative miracles. I think Oates has seen a few as well. Me, I haven't seen it. I've seen healings. You know, I've seen amazing healings. But not, I haven't seen an eyeball form. As I said, let your eyes form. And then, ooh, that would be nice. Arms grow. And then, uh, I have a friend. These are true stories. I have a friend. He has an unusual healing miracle. He went to Pakistan the other day. And as he was doing the crusade, he said, he said, Pastor, I don't even know how it happened. As he was doing the crusade, the, healing, the miracle healings just broke out. He said he came to this, all he could describe as this small person, right, kind of hunched, small person, laid his hands, walked off. As he walked off, the people screamed. So when he went back, he saw this person, and he realized it was that hunched person that had just been straightened by the power of God. I said, I want you to, I said to him, I want you to pass through our churches um, in uh, Ghana and, and Nigeria and uh, different places in England that you will pass through. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say is that don't settle for anything other than the destiny God has for your life. Don't. Don't. Be a man, a woman that is so hungry for the will and purposes of God, you become, like they say, a God chaser. You are chasing him and chasing him until you find him. Like he says in Philippians 3:10, my one of my favorites, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. God wants you to so know him and his power and what he's like that nobody can dispute the reality of Jesus in your life. Amen. Now I'm going to close on this point and then we'll pick it up two weeks from now. God often calls the inexperienced and the vulnerable when he seeks to fulfill his purpose. So God is not looking for perfect people. No, 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 no. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, the Lord asked the question, whom shall we send and who will go for us? Whom shall we send or whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah answered, here am I, send me. I believe that that same cry constantly goes out. Who shall we send? And who will go for us? There are people that are waiting for you to be the answer to the question they're carrying. Yeah. I want you to turn with me to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'll stop, on here, stop here and pick it up again. God often calls the inexperienced and the vulnerable. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 to 29. And no flesh should glory in his presence. What a scripture. God chooses weak things, foolish things, things despised. People. He's, Paul, the apostle, was saying to the Corinthian church, look, come on, you look amongst yourselves. Not a lot of highly influential people are among you. Not a lot of smart people. No, we, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't want to hear that. But not a lot of smart people are among you. Not a, a lot of noble people. No, no, no. God takes the weak, the foolish, the things that are despised, people that the world would consider uh, these people are useless, and then he reveals in them his manifold wisdom. Beloved, there is hope for you, there is hope for me, there is hope for all of us when it comes to the call of God upon our lives, when it comes to us fulfilling the destiny of God upon our lives. It is not too late for you. Whatever failure, whatever mistakes Whatever disappointments that you have experienced, it is not too late for you. I said it is not too late for you. One of the things I have learned over the years is this, that no matter how often I fail, and I failed in areas, and for many years there were areas in my life that I kept failing in, kept failing in, kept failing in, but I refused to give up. And I'd always say to the Lord, set me free from this. Set me free from this. Set me free from this. And some of it, it took about one thing in particular. It took over 20 years. But now we're completely free. Over 20 years. But now we're completely free. But I learned this truth about God's kingdom. As long as you don't give up, there is hope. He says, A just man shall fall seven times, yet the Lord will lift him up. Do you know why he said seven? Seven is a number of perfection. In other words, a just man will utterly fall, yet the Lord will lift him up. Many times when we fall, when we utterly fall, we feel we've disqualified ourselves. Beloved, it's true, you have. You've disqualified yourself. But thank God he takes the disqualified and makes them qualified by reason of the blood by reason of the blood. Yeah. No, you know, we disqualify ourselves. I mean, the amount, I mean, I should not be a pastor and I definitely should not be a bishop. For sure. But I am a pastor and I am a bishop. Whether I like it or not. By virtue of his mercies and his grace. You now, when I look amongst our team, I would like the senior elders, you've got Pastor John, you've got Prophet Steve, you've got Pastor Phil, you've got you know, Les and different ones who, are, who are, have been part of our senior eldership. To me, these guys are smarter, better, not as handsome, but smarter, better uh, b- b- people than me. They may not have my physique, my unique physique, but, you know, they're smarter, better people than me. But God takes the weak things, the foolish things, the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that he gets all the glory. And I'm believing that through your life, God will get all the glory. That through your life, God will get all the glory. So my encouragement to you this morning is that you will seek to be a man or a woman of destiny. Amen. Thank you.